another episode of Try Talk SA. I'm Brad Brown. It's good to be with you uh, once again for this weekly podcast that's aimed specifically at the South African triathlon market. But hey, we welcome anyone. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not South African, you're somewhere else in the world, drop me a mail. I'd love to know where you're listening to this thing from. Uh, you can mail me podcast at TryTalkSA. Dot co dot za. I am so excited uh, to have uh, one of our guests back on the show this week. It's the second time I'm chatting to him, and he's probably one of the most inspirational guys I know. His story is just phenomenal, and I'm going to speak it into existence because this Sunday he will become the first quadriplegic to complete an Ironman triathlon. I'm talking about Peter Dupree, a super pit who is uh, one unbelievable individual. You're going to hear again in that interview today. What an amazing guy. And uh, I want you to support him and follow his journey this weekend as he takes on Ironman Western Australia in Bustleton. I caught up with him earlier this week from Australia to find out how things are going, how he's feeling, uh, and uh, how things are looking ahead of this weekend's race. I also touched base with one of our age groupers, one of our sort of weekend warriors, our tri-talker of the week, uh, from a few weeks ago, a guy by the name of Ryan Habib, who is uh, yeah just a, an average guy who's doing some extraordinary things on the triathlon scene, uh, just racing really hard, uh, did just over five hours at this last weekend's Midlands Ultra Tri with a full-time job. He's married and he's got a child as well. So I wanted to just sort of chat and shoot the breeze a bit with Ryan just to get a sense of how he does things, how he gets the balance right in his life. A very cool chat. I hope you enjoy that. That's coming up on this week's show as well. Before we get into that interview with Super Pit, this coming weekend too, jailbreak uh, happening down in the Western Cape. And we spoke about it uh, when entries first launched. And if you're heading down to jailbreak this weekend, all the best for the race. I hope it goes uh, according to plan. And if you're anything like me, you're going to forget things at home. Uh, I always put together a little checklist that I, I sort of just mark off as I pack all my stuff as uh, before I head to a race. And I've made that checklist available. If you haven't downloaded it yet, it is free. All you have to do is go to trytalksa.co.za forward slash free, and you can download it there. It'll help you a lot. The feedback I've had about that checklist as well so far has been fantastic too. And talking of feedback, if you want to be in touch, you can. Uh, I've mentioned the email address at the start of the show. It's podcast at trytalksa.coza. You can also tweet us at trytalksa or just like us on Facebook as well. Some cool content going on to our Facebook page on a daily basis too. Some cool articles that we share. Uh, so head over to facebook.com forward slash trytalksa. And give us a big thumbs up, give us a like, and we'll be in touch on the big blue book as well. So without further ado, let's get straight into this week's show and my chat with Super Pit. Well, we chatted to him uh, a while ago here on Try Talk SA, and I've been following his journey very, very closely because I'm pretty excited about what's going to be happening this weekend at Ironman Western Australia. And at one stage uh, a few weeks ago, it was touch and go whether he was going to make it. Uh, but he is in Australia, and it's awesome to welcome back on the show this week. Uh, Super Pit, Peter Dupria. Peter, welcome on to Try Talk SA. Thanks for catch up again, mate. How's it, man? Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for the opportunity. It's always great chatting with you guys. Yeah, we, we need to sort this how's it bit out because you're in Australia, you need to say good day, mate. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. Good day, mate. No worries. <laughs> Put some shrimp on the barbie. What do they say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a barbie. We've had some barbie already, man. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Peter, it's, it's so cool to chat again. I've, I, like I said, I've been following your journey over the last sort of few months. 
uh, for people who don't know you, you became, when was it? It was, when was uh, 70.3 Bustleton? It was uh, a year ago? Yeah, no, uh, 11 May this year, actually. Oh, okay. So, Jeez, uh, roughly seven months. So. Okay, you became the first quadriplegic ever to finish a 70.3 uh, Ironman triathlon. And you've gone on, That's you've done the training now, and uh, you're sitting back uh, in Australia to become the first quad to finish a full Ironman distance. How are you feeling? It's just a few days to race. How are the nerves? Yeah, no, I mean, it's surreal. Um, yeah, you know, I must say at the moment, after the last two days of training, I'm actually feeling pretty confident. Um, but, yeah, you know, up, up till the last week or so, I was still, because I broke my arm five weeks ago, um, you know, a bit nervous about how it would go and so, but, um, you know, every week since I broke my arm, I've been testing, you know, my training a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. Um, and then every week I take an x-ray. Um, and, yeah, you know, after last week, Friday's x-ray and the training I'd done, then I really felt, geez, like, you know, it's definitely on the cards to still do this. So, you know, and I mean, I, base training is for three months. Um, you know, I was almost doing, spending 40 hours training a week, you know. So my base is there. So, I mean, all that training definitely helps your confidence, you know. So... The nerves are there, but the confidence is there as well. You know, I really believe I can do it. So, so it's it's great. You know, Peter, you, you talk about breaking the arm for for people who don't know. Uh, you you had a, a bit of an accident. Uh, another one. Uh, you said five weeks ago. Tell us <laughs> tell us what happened though. Yeah, so I was cycling out there at the, uh, the cradle um, in Joburg, uh, and you know, obviously it's ninety four point seven season, or it's it's just past now. But uh, you know, so there's always new guys getting on bikes. Um, and so, I mean, this guy, you could see he was a new guy. This, this was his first time on a road bike. And he made a U-turn, and he just didn't look before he did it. So he did it right in front of me, um, and I had to swerve. And I, I didn't hit him head on, but then my, my left arm, the forearm, hit his fork of the bike. You know? So he actually didn't even fall. Um, but yeah, so then I broke my ulna, the, luckily the smaller one of the two in my forearm. So, you know, all the doctors, I mean, they still say I shouldn't do it. But, I mean, I've been working with the doctor and doing x-rays and all those things and um yeah you know like I, since it happened like i always just felt in the back of my mind somewhere that you know i had faith that this is still on the cards for me you know so and yeah i have a lot of grace from above the arm's doing great the swelling and the pain and all that stuff is gone so i mean i still have to be careful you know i can't use it fully um on the bike i probably use about 50 60 percent of my broken arm and then on the on the run which is which i do in the racing chair um I'm very careful because there is which the movement that I do with the arm is very dangerous. So there my arm sort of just tags along. But I mean, I, I'm feeling strong still. You know, luckily this course is flat, so it helps. <laughs> Peter, I, I, I mean, your journey for, for people who didn't hear that first interview that I did with you, uh, I know this is going to sound weird, but I would have been surprised if there weren't any obstacles thrown in your way uh, for, for this <laughs> one. I mean, it's just that's been your story. I mean, there, there's been massive obstacles yeah. put in your path the whole way, right the way through. I mean, you were a very competitive uh, triathlete and, and you got hit by a car and that's how you ended up uh, becoming a quad. And, and you've just used that to, to go, you know what, I'm not going to sit around and, and just let that get to me. I'm going to still achieve my dreams and that's what you've done. So, uh, I mean, this accident, it was almost like it was scripted. Something had to happen. <laughs> you know, the amazing thing is you know, a lot of people think I'm irresponsible, um, you know, doing this because, I mean, obviously a quad, I already only have half of my arm function. Um, so, you know, they think I'm stupid taking a chance like this. But, you know, for me, I, I just took a leap of faith on this one, you know. But, the, you know, the higher the risk, the higher the reward. Um, so, I mean, that, that's not entirely why I'm doing this. But, um, yeah, you know, I just felt that I still needed to go for this. And I just feel that it's it's sort of going to be my day, you know, because I've worked hard for this um, for a long time. Um, 
But the other thing is, you know, I want to be the first squad in the world to do this. Um, and in, with quite a pleasure, there's two classes in disability sport. Um, now, I'm in the weaker class. I don't have any triceps. So the, the other quad class, um, most of the guys have triceps, and normally they even have one full normal hand. Um, now, there's a couple of guys that actually started doing this as well. And actually, recently, uh, one of these um, quads also attempted an Ironman, um, Ironman Florida. Um, and luckily for me, um, he didn't make the swim cutoff, you know, so... So that's the other reason why, you know, I want to get this done so I'll be the first, you know, so the race is on. <laughs> uh, Peter, I tell you, I'm, I've got a feeling in my gut this is going to be your weekend. I'm, I'm so, so excited. As far as the race goes, uh, from, a, from a South African point of view, what time does it start? Okay, so the race starts at 5.30 here in Busselton. Um, that'll be, it's a six-hour difference, so that'll be 11.30 on Saturday night. Um, and yeah, you know, then obviously if guys don't want to wake up that time of night and go through, I mean, I'll probably still be racing. I'll probably, you know, I'll, I'll be racing for probably between 13 and 14 hours, you know, at least. So. All right. Peter, what, what I'm going to do, uh, do you know your race number offhand or will you only get that closer to, to time when, when you register? Oh. Uh, I probably will have it somewhere, but I don't know it offhand, you know. So, but, you, you know, obviously they can go on Ironman Live and look for Peter Dupria. No, that's um, cool. What? what? Know, that, but otherwise, I'll send you. I'll send through my race number, my race details for you guys. That's cool. What, what I'm going to do, Peter, is I'm actually going to link to that Ironman Live website in the show notes for this episode of Try Talk SA, uh, and I'll then just go and find your race number as well, and I'll put it up there. So if people want to track you, they can track you online. What what we'll do as well on during the race is, is as soon as the updates come through, we'll tweet it from our account as well from Try Talk SA, uh, and we'll pop it on our Facebook page as well. So. Uh, let's try and get as many people following you this weekend because it's going to be amazing. I mean, just I'm thinking about it. And I'm getting goosebumps. I'm not even there and involved. Uh, oh, no. You know, I, look, as I said, there is nerves, but I'm confident. But, I mean, yeah, the excitement is, is definitely more there than anything else, you know. So, I mean, look, I was here with the Hulk, but, I mean, I can see a full I know it's just a completely different animal. You know, you can see the organization's already starting. The stuff's already up, you know. It's... You know, so the excitement is there, and yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, so, but on the follow side, my wife will probably be tweeting on my um, account as well. You know, as she, as we come past and this and as things happen, you know, so if you want to follow at, at Super Peak, they can do that obviously as well. You know, so that was actually going to be my my next question, Peter. Is is how's Ilza feeling? Is she, is she more nervous than you are? Yes, you know, the amazing thing is like, well, I mean, she didn't tell me that. Um, until recently, but she said the day she was the most nervous in her life was when I did the half Ironman. Um, so, I mean, she's actually more nervous than I am, you know. So, <laughs> and I mean, that's the incredible thing, you know. This is our journey. You know? It's not just me. It's it's us, you know. Like, all the hours I put in the training, she's there, you know, and supporting me and there to give me my food or whatever, you know. So, so it really is, uh, you know, a, a joint effort. And I mean, I've got a good friend racing with me, Walter Lutz, um, you know, and he's here the whole week with me and we're training together into the race. So, so yeah, I think we all have our nerves, but uh, but you know we know what we have to do. Um, but I think of all, all three of us, my wife will probably be the most nervous because I mean she sits there waiting for the three laps of 60 k's, and you know you sit there and then you come past once and then she waits for another hour or two, whatever before, and she doesn't know are they gonna is everything fine, you know so. So, yeah, the nerves are definitely there for her, shame. <laughs> yeah, Peter, I, I've always said it, and, and it's, it's so funny because my wife's obviously supported me on, on my journey as well, and I think it's probably harder yeah. to watch those things and, and, and support someone who's out on the course because you, exactly that. She doesn't know how you're feeling or, or how things are going out on the bike course or on the run, whereas, whereas you know, like, hey, it's a long day out there, but you know exactly the way you're feeling and, and how you're feeling at the time. 
Exactly, you know, and I mean, that's also, when I broke my arm five weeks ago, my wife was devastated, you know, it, it, that's the thing, you know, like the people around you, the people that know how much this means to you, for them it's even harder, you know, so absolutely agree with you on that one, you know, that, you know, and, and that's why, you know, I, I don't think I can ever say thanks enough for my wife for the support she does give me, you know, so, but it's just great to know they are there and they're behind me, you know, so it's incredible. Brilliant. Peter, and then just to, to sort of, you you the type of guy and i know this about you is you you're just such a big you goal driven and that sort of thing this has been a, a long journey to get you to bustleton and it's probably a tough question to ask because you probably want to take a bit of a break when it's all over but what's next on the cards for super pit after after western australia i never take a break man <laughs> no i mean as you know like i've got a degenerative eye disease as well so you know i don't know how long i'll still be able to do this stuff before i lose too much sight to actually do the stuff on my own so for me, you know, I just keep going, you know, and do as much as I can while I can. But, um, yeah, you know, I must say, look, I, my coach is now Ray Nottis, and, um, you know, I used to train with him before my accident a bit as well, you know, and he's a great guy. But, you know, I think if I'd make this now with a broken arm, I never thought that Kona might be a possibility at all, you know, because it, it's a much tougher course on the bike and stuff. But somehow we are now starting to believe that maybe if I can do this in the time that I want to do it, et cetera, that maybe that's possible, you know? So, so that's definitely, if I do this and I do this well, I'll start thinking of actually going for that, you know? Um, Cause I mean, Kona is just the ultimate in the end, you know, we all know in the, in the Ironman and triathlon environment, that's really what it's all about, you know? So, so that's definitely on the cards, but I mean, even with that being said, you know, obviously there's still, you know, for South Africa racing and cycling and athletics and all those things and maybe next Paralympics again, you know, so that'll always be on the cards. But I mean, for me, where my real passion is, is in this Ironman, you know, so, and if I can get to Kona and go do Kona, you know, I think that, you know, I always say then, <laughs> then I can die. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 so, uh, Peter, that's, you know, that's but, never um, going to happen because there's, there's always going to be something else. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I always tell people as well. You know, if you reach a goal, a dream is supposed to be something that's almost so impossible, but then when you set a date, it becomes a goal. You know, that's how I see it. So the moment I set a date, I almost already look for what's the next dream. You know, that's how I work. So, so I mean, I, that's always now been on the next one. You know, even if I do that, I'll if I set a date for that one, then I'll start looking for the next dream again. You know, so that's just how I work. <laughs> that is awesome, Peter. I want to wish you you all the best for for race week, and and that's one of my favourite times of the year as well. I mean, Ironman. Uh, to be honest, I mean, a lot of lot of uh, age groupers who aren't really competitive, who just sort of uh, come there to sort of finish the thing, will tell you that uh, th- the race is a, a celebration and a reward for all the hard work you've put in over the last months. And, and hopefully that's going to be the same for you this, this weekend. Uh, race week around yes. an Ironman is always awesome. Enjoy the vibe and, and just soak it all in and, and enjoy Sunday because you're going to have an amazing day out, I'm sure of it. Awesome. Thanks a lot, uh, Brad. And um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just want to, quickly do a shout out and thank everybody who's been supporting me and all the guys that believe in me Raynaud for believe, keeping on believing in me he also never like said no he doesn't think I should do it you know and my wife and the guys close to me and and yeah all you guys thanks for the support you know and yeah, I'm not going to let you down on Sunday I really have a good feeling on this one so let's just pray hard and hope the weather's good and then we're going to do this yeah absolutely Peter have a, have a great one out there and stick it to the Aussies man I love it that it's another South African doing a first perfect thanks so much Brad eh? Well, I love featuring uh, sort of inspiring athletes. That was one of the reasons we spoke to, to Super Pitt this weekend, and I can't wait to see him racing at uh, Ironman Western Australia this weekend. Uh, but there's also lots of weekend warriors, guys and girls who work full-time and uh, putting the hours. 
And one of those has been our featured Try Talker of the Week this month, and I thought I'd touch base with Ryan a bit. Ryan, thanks for, for catching up with us today, mate. It's good to chat. It's a pleasure, and thanks for having me, Brad. Ryan, you've just got back from, from doing the, the Midlands Ultra. Before we get into any of your other sort of try stuff, uh, how was it? The weather wasn't too lack of all accounts, so. Eh? No, we uh, we actually were a bit worried about the weather. This Friday, Saturday, um, lots and lots of wind, as well as rain. And um, there were moments of, of dry patches throughout the weather. But uh, on Sunday, we woke up and it was just a slight drizzle, very uh, nice and still full of water, so the swim ended up being quite good. And actually, conditions were really good. Uh, there was a slight drizzle on the bike, um, and the wind picked up very slightly at the end, but for the most part, it held up, so we were quite lucky uh, to stay away from the blizzard that we had experienced on the Saturday. Um, and I think for most guys, they had a good day out there. Not too many people walking away, away with uh, third-degree burns, so... That's the other extreme that sometimes you experience on these things. But I think for most of the guys, they enjoyed the weather um, and, and, and it worked out. Awesome, man. That sounds, it sounds like it was a, a good day out. And it's, I mean, I've never done that race, and I've chatted to Damien Bradley from uh, Be Active Sports who, who organized the race from an organizational point of view. Pretty, pretty decent? Yeah, I think, I think everyone tries to um, compare races to the Ironman series in, in South Africa. And I think actually they do a fantastic job, the Midlands Ultra guys. They really put on a good race. Um, they're really open. I don't know if you've been following some of the Twitter feeds. They communicate well with the athletes. So I actually think uh, I'm going to watch out because I think there's a lot of other races uh, that are as well organized, um, fit the pocket very nicely. I must also just congratulate them on their goodie bag. The shirt and the cap and uh, some of the other things that came with the the goodie bag were just were just perfect. That's spot on. I think what the guys want and uh, that that adds a lot to the vibe, especially for a novice guy who's looking to have a little bit of memorabilia attached to the race. Yeah, that sounds cool. I've never, funnily enough, I've never actually done the race. I mean, the the, the guys have been trying to get me down there for ages, and I'm thinking maybe I'll 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 get down there next March. I'm not doing Ironman next year, so. Uh, it might be a, a good excuse to keep on training and, and go and do that one. Uh, for you, what's next on the cards? What's the, the sort of plan for the season, right? Um, I would I'd really like to get into the SA Dixon team again. Um, the sprints, uh, well, the Olympic distance duathlons go over to Spain and then again in Switzerland for the ultra. Um, but Midlands is actually going to be hosting the South African ultra tri distance. And uh, that's happening, I think, just after March. Uh, or in March, and so perhaps I'm going to start focusing towards that if I can just improve my swim slightly um, and get in amongst in amongst the guys on the bike, and then hopefully improve my run slightly and try and just try be there or thereabouts. Um, I think it's quite a shock for any age grouper to find themselves actually amongst the top ten guys um, in their age group, but it's. It's quite cool. It's quite exciting. I mean, you never really know what you can do until you until you put yourself out there. Yeah, it's it's so funny you say that. And and this isn't uh this isn't me boasting, but last I say last year, this year's SA Long Course Champs were at the uh, the Prestige Ultra at uh, Funabel Park at the Val, and that I love that course. I absolutely love it because it I don't know it just suits me. The bike's really fast and flat, and I can hammer it. Uh, and and the run's not too tough either. I ended up finishing ninth in my age group, so they took the first eight in my age group to world champs, and I missed it by one. So uh, I, I was really stoked and, and quite bleak at the same time that I didn't get selected. 
it keeps you it keeps you training hard for the next time. Like said, <laughs> once one spot, you start following people, and you start you start thinking, oh, I wonder if so and so is racing, uh, or whoever else is racing. Maybe if other guys don't race, I've got a better chance. Or because um, obviously every year the age groupers change around as as their life dictates to them if they can do it or not. Um, but it's always nice to. It's nice to know that you can be there or thereabouts. Yeah, Ryan, you mentioned that the swim's not your your sort of strong point out of the three. What's what? What do you find is difficult about it? I mean, like, what what makes it really tough, and what are you trying to do to make it better? I, I think I've never really been much of a swimmer. Although growing up, I, I swam Midmar, um, I've done the Sun City swims, the three Ks, and the and the five K events. I I actually. I don't mind swimming. It's just I'm I'm not fast. I compare myself to some of the other guys, and I, I don't mind swimming. I'll go the distance, but I look out the water, and everyone else is on their bikes already, and I'm still trying to sight the second boy and and round it before before the guys are out on out of transition already and and riding. So I don't know if it's it's just my stroke. And um, I've been trying to do some drills to try and prove my pull in the water as well as. Kicking, I've started kicking this year for the first time, um, which has improved slightly. And every year, I see I see minor uh, improvements in my in my actual swimming times. Um, but it's a lot of time that you got to spend in the water to 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 get maybe a minute, thirty seconds here, thirty seconds there. Uh, whereas I find on the bike and a run, I can I can mix it up there and see quite a big change in the times. And maybe it's because of the distance of those disciplines. Uh, but I find that you have to put a, a whole lot into the swim for very small returns. Um, so that's why mentally I'm just not really focused on training the swimming as much as I should be. Yeah, I, f- I feel exactly the same way as you do with that, where I, I just, it's not that I don't see the point, but it's exactly that, that for the same amount of time, if you had to put an extra two hours a week into your swim, or if you put an extra two hours into your bike or run, you're going to make up a hell of a lot more time on the bike and the run than doing it in the water. But, uh, yeah, I guess it's an interesting sort of balancing act to take care of. Your bike's pretty decent. Uh, I mean, I rode, I'm trying to think when it was. Was it last year that we did the, the double 94.7 uh, and you rode along with us? This year you did it again. I mean, a two, what did, what did you do the first lap in? 240 what? 242, yeah, I, I rode it. And, uh, yeah, it was last year that you rode the double. It was my first, my first double attempt at 94. Um, but it, it was actually, it was a, such a different race this year compared to last year. Last year there was, um, who was it? The, the Lumo Hawks, I think they call themselves, and a whole bunch of other guys, and everyone was riding the double. And this year it seemed that there was a whole bunch of racing tandems and me. <laughs> <laughs> the first downhill we hit, they get, they get up to crazy speeds, those racing tandems. They, Getting to triple figures down the hill that I'm pedaling my heart out just to get up to 90. And, uh, so the first lap seemed a bit lonely. Um, and then eventually the VAs and VBs and, and VCs come past you and you try to catch at least one or two wheels there and slowly pull, pull, um, pull along with them, maybe for 10 Ks and then they drop you and then you pick up another bunch and then they drop you. Uh, but it's a lot of fun doing a double and it's a, it's a good experience to get to get both sides of the coin in, on the same day. Uh, I rode with my wife the second lap, and um, it was her first race. And you're right there, the sun's not even up. You start, and you finish, and there's still guys who are walking to the start to, to start their race. 
and you just think, wow, this race is so big. There's so many people. It just gets Joburg completely involved. And it's, it's nice to see the involvement, but it's also nice to see the contrast between the guys who are trying to race and the guys who are just saying, well, this year, I'm going to change my body. I'm going to do one thing differently. I'm going to do one race. I'm going to lose five kgs. I'm racing for charity. I'm riding um, in honor of a friend or someone who's struggling with something. And it's, and it's great to see all the different reasons, all the different motivations that one has to race. All out there, all doing the same thing. Um, and yet everyone's got the different reasons for being there. So I really enjoy that part of the race. And you do see cars struggling those guys pulling those ice cream carts, um, for various charities, autism, chalk. And, uh, at one stage I helped push one of those ice cream carts up the hill. I'll tell you, those things are heavy. I mean, those, those, <laughs> those chalk, those chalk cows are, are the funniest thing. I mean, I'm not sure if you know how it works and I don't know the exact details, but you, you've got to raise a whole bunch of money, which is awesome and it goes to a great cause, but they almost punish you for, for raising lots of money. So the more money you raise, the worse your day is going to be. So if you raise whatever it is, 10 grand, you get to do it in like, uh, cow print lycra cycling gear. So at least it's decent cycling gear. Uh, you do 20k and you have to do it in this hot cow suit. And then if you go and raise like 50k, you get to do it on an ice cream bicycle. I, I love the idea, but sheesh, I, I think they should be rewarding people. They should get everyone to start on ice cream bicycles, and the more money you raise, the easier it gets. <laughs> yeah, it does seem a bit co- contradictory, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's amazing, though. They do, they do blimmin' amazing work at, at races like the 94.7 and, and Argus and that as well. Ryan, I wanted to just touch on, on the fact, I mean, that's one of the reasons I wanted to chat and, and, and love chatting to sort of just weekend warriors and age groupers. You work full-time, you're married... Uh, how do you sort of get that balance right between between training, work, and married life, and and just having the family around and making sure that there is balance in your life? Um, I, one of the one of the biggest things that I found is that when I started out doing try, um, I stopped for a very long time and I only really took it up again once I got married. And uh, initially, there was a lot of conflict and um, perhaps you can say even animosity from between my wife and the sport because it was taking time away from us. Uh, but very quickly, we realized, actually, if we include each other in what our expectations are, uh, if if I'm open and upfront about training, I was almost trying to be secretive of my training, you know, just trying to, oh, there's a spare gap here. Or, well, babe, I, I really need to go train now, and it's so fortunate that it's not this time because now I can go. And uh, <laughs> that didn't work out so well. So what actually worked out better is if I was open and honest and said, this is my plan for the week. If it works out, it works out great. If it doesn't and something comes up, well, that's life. Um, but is this going to suit us? Is this going to suit what we're doing? Um, do you have any plans that, that involves me that we both need to be behind this week um, that needs to cancel one of these things? Right from the get-go, you already know. You haven't set your expectations on maybe doing the 100K over the weekend on the bike or running on the Sunday or there's an evening that you can't go do a swim session or something like that. And that's really helped me because my expectations, if it's on the program, I want to be able to do it. And uh, it almost stopped me from getting almost disappointed by not being able to train. And it also helped her um, realize when I was training and also protected her and us from the from disappointment, you know and any animosity towards uh, training or sport, because she is generally very, very supportive. She's always behind me. She's always backing me. She's at Midlands this weekend, um, supporting me, taking photos. 
So uh, it's really great to have the support of my wife and my boy who is there as well. Um, and I think if you don't get your family involved, I think you might actually be missing out on something that actually could benefit everyone. It's a great sport, great vibe um, in general. And I think as a result, my wife wants to now partake. She's looking to do the Midland Sprint next year or, or maybe a, a sprint sometime next year. And I'd love to be able to just help her through that and, and get her excited about doing this thing because if it's something that I'm, if I love, um, it's good to see her trying to do it as well. And it's really helped our relationship a lot, just her being on the same page as me in terms of the training and me and vice versa on the same page as her um, in terms of the expectations of family commitments and, and doing that. Because at the end of the day, um, triathlon comes and goes, but your family, you can't sacrifice that for a sport. And uh, and so we try to find the best of both worlds, but, it's, uh, but my priority is my family, uh, my wife, my son, um, and then work kind of shuffles. <laughs> yeah, work can drop down. It's just it's just a way to fund uh, this this cool sport that we do. I think. Yeah, Ryan, I think you you spot on. It is. It's all about balance and just having that that sort of balance in your life. And and I hear it so often as well. Where I'll chat to people, and and I think it becomes more difficult the longer the distance you do. So if you're just doing sort of like sprints or Olympics, you can still get away with it. But as soon as you start looking at like a half Ironman distance or full Ironman distance triathlons, it then becomes very very difficult to balance that because you need to put in lots and lots of hours. And I often hear people saying, "Oh, yeah, my wife said I can just do one Ironman." And it's almost, I, I, I don't know, I just get the feeling you need to try and get that balance right and, and, and not, not say, oh, I want to do it every single year, but figure out a way that it can fit into your life and, and, and that everyone is, is sort of uh, on the same page and everyone's involved. I think you're spot on. I think that's, that's what it's about. It's about involving people uh, around you. And then, Ryan, just to, to sort of touch on, on, on getting training and that done around work, because that's, that's quite a big one that people battle with as well. Do you train twice a day or... Are you and and sort of how many if if you had to break it down how many swim sets would you do a week how many bike uh, sessions and how many runs? I would say um, the bike and the run is probably what I get try get in the most. I'll try run at least twice a week and try bike at least three times a week. Um, and the swim set if I can fit two swim sets in a week I'll be very happy. So so that's the five five run bike sets during the week and maybe two extra so that does take up seven days. Um, but very often. Uh, I do, I'm a school teacher, and so during a break or a free lesson, I can go down to the swimming pool, um, jump in the pool, and do a couple of a couple of laps there, and try to get at least 1.5 k's in, uh, 1.5 to 2 k's in, and I try not push past there because then it starts becoming time consuming. You know, a lot of guys uh, pack clothes, they go to the gym, they they shower at the gym, they do all that stuff at the gym, and if you add all the time up, preparing for the session, coming home. The session can become very long, and so included in that balance that we spoke about earlier is uh, is just finding the time and, and making use of the time. So if you do have a short break and you can fit something in and put a quality set in rather than trying to get a three-hour swimming, just swim for 45 minutes, get a good set in, um, get someone to help you with some maybe some um, like a fartlek kind of work, some speed work. Just do the best you can. Rather put the quality sets in uh, than, than lagging out of the gym and spending hours and hours and hours in the pool um, as well as on the bike. There are lots of guys try and incorporate a whole social aspect into it. And that's cool if that's working for you. Um, but at the same time, I think 
the balancing act is part of understanding that the social aspect sometimes has to be provided somewhere else, maybe going home, having having that coffee um, with the with family or rushing home from the gym instead of showering there, showering at home because it just it just fits the family better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's that's the seven sets that I try getting during the week. And there are some days that I do a double. If I do cycle in the mornings, um, there might be a swim set that afternoon or an opportunity to set, and then I'll just fit it in uh, to try give me a break somewhere else. Especially if I know the week's going to be busy, then I'll try get as many things in as possible while it's not busy. And then when it's busy, just kind of surrender to whatever you're doing cool. and not um, not hold the plan too tightly in your hand. Yeah, I think you've got to be got to be flexible as well. Ryan, uh, it's been brilliant just catching up and shooting the breeze a bit about what you're up to. Uh, I'm going to pop those links to to your sort of profile up on our Try Talk SA website. You also wrote a pretty cool article uh, after this weekend's Midlands Ultra Try, which we'll link through to as well. So if people want to read those, they can. Yeah, I appreciate your time, bud. Uh, and it was lucky to catch up once again. All the best for, for this sort of December holidays for you. And hopefully you can get some good training in. Thank you so much, Ben. I appreciate, uh, appreciate hanging out with you too and, and helping everyone else. If, if I have been helpful, that's been great. That's great. Um, but yeah, safe, safe travels in December if you're going anywhere and, and train, train smart. Another Try Talk SA done and dusted. Before I go, though, uh, I have to ask you a massive favor. You know, we've all got someone who, who would love to start running and, uh, and, and maybe just want to start a journey. And with the new year coming, I thought, you know what, there's no better time than now to, to sort of put something together to help people to start running. I've got uh, quite an interesting journey about how I got started and, and went from 165 kgs to running comrades within a year. And uh, I want to help as many people as I can in the new year sort of go from zero to uh, practically a marathon by the end of the year. But the first module is going to be zero to 10 Ks in 12 weeks. And uh, if you know of someone who you know would love to start running, uh, please send in the link. Uh, the link to find out more is runtalksa.co.za forward slash Brad Brown. That is uh, the website address. It's www.runtalksa.co.za forward slash Brad Brown. And it'll take them to the page with all the details. There's a short little video on there where they'll be able to check out exactly how I did it and how I can help them as well heading into the new year. So if you could do that for me, I'd really, really appreciate it if you could help spread the word. Uh, I'm also going to be giving away uh, one of those programs that we've put together here on the next edition of Try Talk SA. So if you want to win yourself or someone you know uh, a training program, then all you need to do is listen out to the next episode of Try Talk SA. In the meantime... If you want to be in touch, tweet us at TryTalkSA. You can like us on Facebook. Just search for us or pop me an email, podcast at TryTalkSA.co.za. And I ask every week if you wouldn't mind just taking a few seconds. If you listen to us on iTunes, just leave us a review and a rating. It just helps other people find this podcast and helps us grow the platform and helps us spread the word about the sport that we love so dearly. Until next week, have yourself a super, super week. Uh, I'm going to be chatting to Kate Roberts next week as well, a little bit about uh, the WTS Cape Town that we chatted about on last week's show. I wanted to get an athlete's perspective about what it's going to be like racing in South Africa for a change at the highest level. So that's coming up on the next episode of Try Talk SA as well. So until then, have yourself a superb week. From myself, Brad Brown, it's cheers.